Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. And I'm Giselle, owner of Wander Design Co. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We love being transparent, honest, and down to earth on this podcast. We consider you guys such an important part of our episodes. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community, uncovering industry secrets, and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Welcome back to Better the Brand Designer podcast. As always, we're so excited to be hanging out with you guys wherever you are today. And we are so excited about this episode. I know I always say that, but this has been a long time coming. Um, Difficult client stories. But as you all know, we like to do a little bit of an intro question before we dive in. This intro question kind of relates to our topic. So both me and Giselle are going to share our favorite difficult client story and what we learned from it. So Giselle, do you want to hop in with yours? Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) So this one, I can't say it's my favorite, but it has to be my favorite by default because I learned so much from this story. Way back before I started Wander Design, I was doing a lot of freelance work on Upwork and I had gotten hired for a website project which started off with like the first milestone being a like custom coded landing page and I'm talking about like I'm not using anything like I'm not using WordPress I'm not using Squarespace anything like that I'm like custom coding all of it myself for just a one page like kind of simple design and I took it on for four (laughs) hundred dollars so that's like the website and the custom coded landing page and the deposit was two hundred (laughs) hey at least you got a deposit that's good yeah right (laughs) and then um I I thought I was like wow someone hired me I was at that stage you know like you like have really low confidence you think like no one's gonna hire you someone finally hires you and you get to do something that you really like to do and it was a good learning experience so I thought cool like I'll just ask for 400 so because it was on Upwork I didn't bother with the contract and that was mistake number one another thing too is um, there were a few red flags from her uh that I kind of ignored at the time, but in the in my gut, I felt like something was off. And long story short, I finished the landing page and then the client kind of like disappeared, even though we still had the rest of the project to do and I wanted to get paid. So I wanted to do the work. So I would follow up with her and hear nothing for months and then finally hear back and, you know, hear this whole story about like, oh, she was at the hospital, like things were going pretty bad. And I was really concerned for her. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, but at the same time, I thought, what could have possibly happened? Like, was she in a coma? Like, why did why couldn't she communicate with me like this whole time? And so I, you know, brushed it off and glad that she was back on board. And she wanted to like change the scope. And then she like had had hired a designer, and the designer had like done a bunch of like logos for her. And she didn't really like where they were headed. And so she like would get on phone calls with me, like two hour phone calls at a time and would like ask me for my opinion. And then I like naively said like, oh, I'll help you like think of something up, you know, if if the other designer isn't getting it right. And I I sent her like some concept ideas, like digitized ones from Illustrator. And, you know, obviously gave her a ton of time all for just $200 and 200 more that were waiting for me. And none of that (laughs) included what was uh, like originally in the scope. And it was just 
all of that. And then she would disappear again and come back. And after like, it's probably, it was probably like over a year that finally I um, had to tell her, Hey, like we, I either need to finish this project. I need to like swallow this hard pill and like finish this project with you. Or we need to like, just cancel it. I did the landing page. You, you know, I keep the deposit and then like we move on. And she got really upset um, and wanted her no. deposit back or off like threatened to sue. And I oh my gosh, so- and you were like a baby designer. So you yes. were probably like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was so scared. And so I luckily at the time was in this community called BNI. And um, I don't remember what it stands for, but they're basically like we they're a bunch of local business owners that meet for breakfast. Um, in my chapter, we all met for breakfast and they're everyone's like from one different industry. So like, there's no, never going to be another graphic designer in there, for example. So I spoke with my lawyer friend from there and she helped me, um, write something that like agrees that we just both terminate the project and that we just like, don't work with each other ever again. Basically, I forgot what, what it's called, but it was that form. And I had like this really hard conversation with her and we finally came to an agreement and, it ended up well, but it was definitely one of those moments that was a total wake up call for me and got started with wander design. Like I need to get all my ducks in a row. So wow. that's my crazy client story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Starting off this episode with a bang. I love <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, I so- feel so bad for like baby designer Giselle, because if that had happened to me, you I would shouldn't. Like- Cause I mean, you learned a lot, I guess, like always have a contract. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the things I learned is like set boundaries and expectations super early before they even come up. And of course, when you're new, like you have such a hard time even figuring out what that is, which is why we're recording this episode, but we won't Mm -hmm. get into that until we hear Jen's story. Yes, I know. I need to share my story. Well, I mean, another thing that I wanted to say, like, I love that you said like, okay, these are the things that I learned from it. Like, these are the things that would have made it better had I like gone back and done it again. That's kind of the lens that we want to approach this episode from. Like, we obviously love to complain about bad clients, you know, but like, we're going to hit you guys with the hard truth that like, most of the time, like the strife and the hardship that you guys experience from dealing with a bad client, there are things that you probably could have done to avoid those things. So that's why we're doing that. Not trying to victim blame or anything like that, but like, we just kind of want to cast it in a positive light and give you guys some actionable things so you can learn from other people's mistakes. So my difficult client story, I might've touched on this in a previous episode, but I'll just kind of like give you guys the rundown. This was kind of when I was doing like everything under the sun as far as design. I was like maybe one less than a year into my business. I wasn't even doing branding at this time. I was just doing like graphic design, (laughs) you know, like, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but like I hadn't really niche, didn't really know my style. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't know what it was like to be a contractor for someone else. I didn't know what it was like to be my own boss. Like I just, I, there was just so many things I didn't know. So, um, I ended up contracting for this, um, design studio. This is a long time ago. This is nobody that I've ever talked about before on here. I'm not going to name names, um, but it's no one that anyone knows. Um, They're just like, they're a very like local graphic design agency, like based out of like a random state in the United States. So they brought me on to do just graphic design support. You know, like I did some logo designs. I did like a lot of PDFs, a lot of like annual reports, a lot of like just 
like magazines, digital newsletters, like just random stuff. Um, and I was so excited that I had a retainer and then I was going to get a consistent income because that's something that was really, really, really missing right when I, you know, quit my job in New York and just kind of moved away. And I was like, I'm never going to make another dollar. Like this is the end <laughs> of my life. Um, but it wasn't, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was working with them and first of all, first mistake, mistake number one, I, I told them my hourly rate was $65 an hour and they said, mm, that's too high. Would you take 35? And I was like, sure. <laughs> so that was mistake number one. Um, so I was already working at a lower rate than what I was used to. To be fair, it was a retainer. So it's okay to discount your hourly rate for a retainer. Like don't, I'm not saying that like you need to be like, oh, it's $150 an hour for 20 hours a month. Like if you want to discount that, then that's fine. But what I did was I, I cut it in half and I never like hit them back with like, mm, can we do 45? You know, yeah, like, I, like I, not I just, negotiate. I didn't negotiate. I was just like, yeah, sure. And then I also kind of came at it from this perspective of like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to learn from you guys like this. I'm going to get great experience. Like just the words that I was using with them, put myself in a position of like, I'm a student learning from you. And some of the value that I'm getting from this project is my portfolio piece. Mm. It's fair to take portfolio pieces from a project, but that shouldn't be the value that your client is providing you. Unless like you're just doing like a thing for a friend and that is value. But like, I don't know. I just feel like the perspective that I came from, I like really wanted them to like me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love your work. Like, can't wait to learn from you. This is going to be a great yeah. experience for me. I feel like if I had kind of faked it a little bit more, like faked it until I made it, you know, like faked a little bit more confidence than like they would have probably not asked to discount as much. And they probably would have respected my design skills a little bit more. So other yeah. like bad things that happened were they, they saw work that I did and they didn't like it. And so then they tried to discount my rate even further because they were like, well, you spent 10 hours on this. Um, but we didn't really like, like what we got. So can we just kind of pay you 50% and then call it a day? Oh and like, gosh. that was so disheartening. Not only was it like, I felt bad that like, they didn't like what I made. Um, and it, my confidence took a huge hit, but then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not even going to get paid for like the amount of time that I spent on this. Like I was oh trying gosh. to make it so good. And I, I actually ended up emailing them back and saying, Hey, well, I did spend the time. So like, I really need you guys to pay the full amount. And then they, they responded. They're like, oh, we're so sorry that we even oh. asked. Asked, like, you know, and good so, for like, you, baby Jed. All... I know. I'm so <laughs> proud of baby Jed. I love it. But like, it wasn't all bad, but they, they were just like little things like that where like I could tell they didn't value my perspective and my design skills as much as they valued their own. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it just ended up being when I would get like a request from them, my heart would sink. I didn't want to be doing work for them anymore, but I continued on the retainer. Like it was just like this abusive relationship where I was just like, <laughs> well, they're paying me. So I need to stay. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't learn. I didn't know that like I was so miserable working for them that like, I just needed to like cut it off. And like, eventually I did, I was like, Hey, I just want to let you guys know I'm not going to be working for you anymore. Like I didn't say it was because of all of those things. I just said that it was because I was busy with my other work, but like, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe I should have said like why so that they didn't like, 
hire someone else to do the same thing to them. Yeah. It's funny because when I started with them, like they were like, oh, our designer quit in the middle of a project. And so we need to hire someone like that. Oh, that's a red flag. Red flag. <laughs> like I did, I was like, their designer quit. I can come in and save the day. Like, of course, yeah, like right. fresh face Jen is like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so that's just kind of like an overall, like just super, super negative experience. But like, I definitely learned never to discount my rate for the reasons that I did. Um, and mm-hmm. always to stick up for myself and to defend my design decisions. If I thought something looked really good, then like I needed to explain why rather than being like, Oh, okay, I'll do it your way. You know, like, yeah. and especially when you're a contractor, it's hard because you're working under a creative director and at the end they have the final say. So it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter if you think something looks really good. It really matters about what they think looks good, but you can do everything you, you can to defend, you know, your design decision. And like, if they, if your creative director is a good creative director, then they will, they will defend their position to you and you might learn something, you know, yeah. I just or they might adapt like, your, your thoughts because they exactly, didn't think of it. Yeah, exactly. And so I just didn't feel like that type of creative direction was happening in the situation. And I don't know, I just ended up being miserable. And I was so happy when I quit. So happy. Uh, yeah. I think <laughs> so. that was a good decision overall. Cause you could have negotiated and they would have yeah. like, try to keep you on just so that they don't, they didn't try to like find another designer, but mm-hmm. the, the emotional pain is there. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was bad. And obviously I've held on to it because I'm telling the story now. So yeah, if they're listening, I, uh, I hope that they learned from the mistakes that they made and there's like no hard feelings. I think they've reached out to me a couple of times just for some like small one-off projects. And I've, I've, I've hit them back with my current rates. And then they were just like, Oh, wow. That's like way too out of our client's budget. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, well, not that's what sorry. it takes to work with you. That's yeah. what it takes to work with me, you know? And so yeah, like, there are other people that are willing to pay that for the value. Yeah, exactly. And so, to, to be honest, I probably wouldn't have even wanted to work with them even if they had said yes. But like, yeah. I like, I wanted to name my price almost like, I mean, this is a total ego thing. Just like, I don't know. It was definitely kind of spiteful. <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to be $4,000. Like knowing that they wouldn't be able to afford it. Yeah. Guys, it's I'm not perfect. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's my difficult client story. And we are so excited to dive into y'all the difficult client stories. Um, honestly, I've kind of glanced over these, but I have not read through them in depth. So yeah. you guys are getting- And I haven't read them at all. <laughs> you guys are getting Giselle and I as like, initial like reactions from reading these. So we're going to trade off and then we're going to have maybe one or two minutes after each story to kind of like give our thoughts. And then we're going to move on just because there's a lot that we need to get through today. So yeah, I will start with the first one. Um, I, well, before we start, I wanted to say thank you to everyone who submitted stories. Um, we did say that we could use your name if, um, you decided that you wanted to have your name included. Some people did include their names some people didn't, but on like the Google form that I used, <clears throat> it didn't, it didn't show like what name was related to what story. So everything is going to be anonymous today. These are real stories submitted by real people. Yeah. We promise we haven't made any of these up, but we're just not going to use any studio names and we're not going to use any client names. And I think that's probably for the best. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, um, it's going to be divided into what happened and then what did you learn? So I'm just going to awesome. go ahead and get started. Okay. So first story, what happened before I added strategy to my logo designs, I did around six to seven options of a logo for a client called the Daisy dog. We've changed this name guys. I charged $500, which I thought was reasonable at the time and was convinced that a client would choose one. I did revision after new revision after new revision. Eventually she decided she didn't like any of them and we parted ways. She popped up a few months later with an entirely new name, dog and co daisies. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's actually really funny. (laughs) 
<laughs> what did you learn? It turns out the words, the Daisy dog were actually too difficult to get the right balance. And it wasn't actually my design. That was the problem. If I had gone into the strategy, this may have been flagged earlier. Also, I would never give six to seven options anymore. The one concept method all the way. And I will Ooh. never charge $500 for a logo again. My package starts at $1,800 for strategy and brand identity now. Heck yeah. Way to go. That's go, awesome. girl. That's so funny. I mean, like that's just like my initial thought on that is that like, if something isn't working out, it's not always you. Yeah. And of course we always internalize and think I'm a bad designer. I suck at this, but like this, obviously the situation wasn't, it wasn't her fault. Um, sounds like the client had some issues, but that's really funny yeah. that you like pop up and see that they have a new name. Like, later yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. So another thing too, is that a lot of the times, like I love, I learned this early on with Jamie from Spruce Road um, on her Shareworthy course that almost most of the time, like whatever issues coming up with the client, like you have to reflect back on like, what, what is it about me that is making it difficult? And maybe having a, like a conversation about it and saying like, Hey, as I'm having a really hard time creating like something that is feels balanced or whatever, like, would you consider changing the name? But obviously that's like a further along like brand strategy thing mm -hmm. to do, especially if you're, when you're doing brand strategy and you're actually naming, which mm -hmm. I'm not even there yet. I wish I could name companies, but I'm just really bad at it. I'm so intrigued um, by naming. We should do a whole yeah. episode about it once we're experts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We should. But yeah. Right, yeah. Do you want to do the great. next story? Yeah. Um, all right. So the next one, what happened? So a client approached me and she wants a brand designed for her business. It's like Udemy and it wants to help millennials with time management through video courses. It was a huge deal for me because her goal was to expand internationally. She ghosted me twice on our discovery call, but I still accommodated her because her excuse seemed valid. She got stuck at work. We finally had our discovery call and it was so great. I had so much fun talking to her. I sent her a proposal after and told me that everything's perfect. So we proceeded to contract signing. She had a lot of questions about the contract. And since she was my first client, everything that I was doing was my first time. So I revised the contract based on her comments. Suddenly she stopped messaging me and stopped reading my messages. I was very eager, I was friendly, and yet she didn't have the decency to inform me that she doesn't want to push through anymore. I'm mad at her until now, and I don't know what to do. I'm a nice person, but my confidence was really crushed because of how she treated me. So what did you learn? I should have trusted my instincts and don't go after clients who already have so many red flags. That's good. That's a good, that's a good thing to learn. Um, I feel like this, this whole story happened in the onboarding phase. Like mm -hmm. they didn't even get to design yet, you know, like, and that's so, kind like, of like a silver lining. It is like, that's <laughs> a good thing that like, she ended up like kind of stopping before the design work happened, you know, because like, like, I'm sure we, we hear stories all the time about people who are halfway through a project, like Giselle, like, you know, and then the, the client yeah. just starts ghosting them. Um, and so it's, it's good that like that, that's why we have onboarding. That's why we do discovery calls. You need to know, like vet the client just as much as you want them to learn about you. We've talked about this a lot in um, previous episodes, but yeah, glad that this story ended before she started doing the design work. Yeah. And, um, I also want to say that with being like so new too, and having that, like, oh, maybe the client knows best. Like a lot of the times we give our clients so much credit when they really like this, probably their first time working with the designer. So yeah. you're like asking for all these revisions on the contract, like before you, there's even like any design work <laughs> to revise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
that's why we have our better podcast community. So if anything like this ever comes up to any new designers, I wish I had a community like this when I first started. I would have definitely not made so many mistakes. Mm-hmm. So you guys learn from these mistakes and reach out to your community. It it brings so much value and it'll save you from a lot of heartache and like hurt feelings. Like it, it really yeah. is. Yeah, I've been there. So I know what that feels like. The worst. All right. Next story. What happened? I discounted my services for a client because I quote, wanted to help their business grow and align unquote. Uh Oh, (laughs) this turned into delay after delay, miscommunication with their team, sometimes no communication at all. And the client was not clear on boundaries. They would often try to treat me like an employee and not an independent contractor. Mm -hmm. What did you learn? I ignored my red flags and didn't establish better boundaries. Red flags for me were the client ignoring my suggestion of creative direction and the number of designers they worked with over the course of a few months. This wasn't told to me until I started reviewing the files. I personally prefer long-term relationships with clients. To be honest, I would not have taken them on as a client and referred them to someone better suited to meet them where they were. When it came time to have this discussion and attempt to resolve, we decided to terminate a relationship because it wasn't a good fit. I appreciated that I could be transparent with this client. I would have been firmer from the beginning on what my boundaries were. Yeah. That's great that she learned that or he, um, and also, yeah, the, again, like the whole client thing, like when they, we gave a client so much credit, like maybe these clients are actually looking for an employee, but they're trying to save money. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing, like Jen, you were saying, filter out these red flags in the sales call, like before you even get them signing on. So asking them like, have you ever worked with a designer before a brand designer before and like things like that to Mm -hmm. weed these things out. And I really recommend writing the red flags that you've come across, like learn from other designers, learn from yourself, because I personally have had to relearn something just because I forgot that it was a red flag I had established for myself because I didn't write it down. Yeah. Have you ever had that happen to you? No, I mean, I've never written down any of my red flags, but like, I definitely like, like my ears have kind of started burning a little on phone calls, Um, like not, like not actually, but like, do you guys know what I mean? I feel like I'm using that phrase in the wrong way, but like I, there've been a couple of things where I like, I don't know. I just go into every sales call so excited and so happy and just wanting the plant to be so good. And so I, I tend to kind of overlook some things and my husband reins me back. I tell him about, I'm like, Oh, well, this person said that they had worked with a designer before. And he's like, that's a red flag. Like he just knows that from me, like yeah. talking about stuff. I'm like, Oh, he must be listening to the before. podcast. <laughs> you no, know, it's funny. I asked him this. I was told him this morning I was going to record and he was like, Oh, that's so great. I listened to every episode. I was like, no, you don't. Oh my gosh. How cute. Never to an episode, teasing you. <laughs> he is. Yeah, I know. He's not like being being you're just teasing but like it's, it's i'm like you're not in my target audience bye <laughs> yeah i mean and honestly like like don't be like that with a client but like if somebody's yeah. not your target audience you're like you're not my target audience bye like yeah. please don't say yeah. that on a phone call guys but like say that to yourself you know and give yourself permission to turn clients down i know yes. we've all been turned down my clients give yourself permission to be tur- to turn down the client if you want to yeah i agree i want to say one more thing and a little plug for our friend Alex's um, brand mentorship uh, mem- membership. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's like a coaching brand community mentor. that he has. Yeah. Brand mentor. Yeah, there we mm-hmm. go. So um, I got to be a guest. I think Jen, you had you were a guest way mm-hmm. long before I got to yeah. be a guest. So um, when we went, when I went on, we talked about all these red flag client experiences, and I love that. I guess it's not really an episode, but that call. So if anybody's looking to get like more engaged coaching, check out um, 
brand mentor. We'll link it below yeah, so that you can see these. Yeah, brandmentor.com. Yeah. And, and he has like, I think every month he has someone talk about a specific topic and he has everything hosted in a private community. It's not on Facebook. It's like a, like its own thing, which is really awesome. I love that. It's not um, brandmentor.com. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it just go to the routinecreative.com. That's his main studio and you can find it from there and we'll link it yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and one last thing I want to say before we move on to the next one is um, I think it was either this one or one before that, but definitely like in my client red flag experience um, to set pause and cancellation clauses in your contract. Mm. So even if like the client wants to revise anything in the contract, make sure that you have your um, tushy covered for these like times when clients just like ghost you for a few months or like a year and then come back and are like, Hey, I'm ready to like start my project. And maybe you're not even doing that service anymore, or Mm -hmm. you're not even in business anymore, or you're like completely pivoted to something else, or you're too busy, like with really high paying clients. Or you had a baby or something, right? (laughs) (laughs) Or life life. happened. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, so good. I actually, I'm like going through my contracts actually right now. I bought um, the designer bundle from the contract shop.com. Um, they had a big black Friday, like discount on this bundle. And so I'm like kind of going through all my contracts again. And I don't think I have a pause or cancellation clause in there. So I will like probably have to go in and write one. So good reminder mm-hmm. for me. All right, next story. So what happened? I'm a brand turned web designer. And my very first website client was a client whose branding I had just finished. I told the client I was interested in learning website development, so I would do hers at a super low price as I learned. It all sounded great, but then took a lot of turns for the worse. She ended up using a totally strange website platform that I will never use again, so it wasn't helpful to learn it. She delayed the project start by four plus months, which by this point, I had other full price web design clients paying me for my time, and she expected me to do so much for her site. Freebie creation, e-commerce for 60 plus products, membership, course integration, embedded quizzes, blog creation, and much more. Oh Oh my goodness. Oh gosh. The project ended up starting at a time when I was super busy with other client work. I was getting paid pennies and the scope was so far beyond what I ever intended. However, I didn't have a contract or a timeline in place. So it ended up eating a ton of my time for basically free. Hey, we had just brushed on this. I know. (laughs) I kind of jumped the gun with that. Um, So what did you learn? I should have never agreed to work that was way below my hourly rate. I learned to always define scope clearly and get a written contract, including a clause in case of project delays. I also learned a lot about boundaries when I eventually stopped saying yes to the demands that they piled up. I can't imagine how much further I would have gone had I not put my foot down. I would probably still be working on my website today, on the website today. I also learned a big lesson, regardless of the incidents that went down, especially with the site, don't work for clients whose missions you don't agree with. It upsets me to even see my branding showcase with messages on social media that I'm against. All in all, lesson learned. Oh, tough. There are so many good things to learn from this story. Um, I especially love the last point that you made when this person this person submitted their, um, their story. I think it's so important for the values of your clients who align with the values of yourself. Like I definitely Mm -hmm. feel like if I was working on something that kind of had values that went against like my values as a person, like, I don't care how much money I'm getting paid. Like, I'm just going to hate the project. Yeah. Um, it's going to feel icky. Yeah, it will. Like, I mean, cause like one of the things that I love about being a brand and web designer is that like, I get to 
share stories, share brands that I believe in and that I feel like are going to maybe if not make the world a better place, I'm in kind of fashion and beauty, like, you know, <laughs> but like that they're still going to like make a positive impact in someone's life, you know? Yeah. So if you get an inquiry from a client that just really doesn't feel right, like don't, don't work with them. Yeah. Pass it on, pass it on to somebody else and see. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the scope of work one is pretty big. Um, yes. that's another thing that I learned is like anything that is ever out of scope from your original contract before you even agree to it, like give them a quote, tell them, I would love to do this for this much. Let me know if you agree. I'll send out the invoice and I'll get started. That's all you have to say. Like, you don't have yeah. to say anything else. You don't have to explain like it's out of scope or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. so if they ever like try to rebuke that, then you just tell them, well, it wasn't in the scope. So, yeah, I think it's important to just define what a website is to a client because to this client, obviously the website included the freebie and the yeah. e-commerce, which like, I mean, it makes sense from someone who's not a designer. So it's like, we can't expect our clients to be lawyers yeah, and like to understand like all, like what we define and like, every designer is going to define website differently. Maybe you do full service website package it includes email, it includes freebie. It includes e-commerce, like whatever, maybe you do literally just the website. And then if anyone wants anything extra, then like, you know, you got to add that on. I've come, I've come up against this so many times because once, once you dive into a website then you're like, Oh, do you have an, a freebie incentive? And then they're like, what's a freebie incentive? You can use that as an opportunity to upsell your services rather than to show the client, like, oh, you don't have that. Like, well, you need that, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and like leave them like in the dark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like a lot of the time I'm teaching like these business owners, how to have a successful website. I'm like, Hey, we need a lead magnet. Mm-hmm. Like what's a lead magnet. You know, it's just, it's and a that's really the part cool... of the value that you offer as a yeah. consultant. Yeah, exactly. So gosh, that's like, reading that scope thing. I just like wanted to just choke and like, like that just sounds so horrible. Membership course integration, like that's nuts bucks. Like the biggest projects that I've ever worked on have customer accounts, e-commerce, like I haven't done membership yet, but I'm hopefully going to be starting on a membership site in the new year. Like I, it's going to be big, you know, there's a lot. (laughs) There's a lot of value in that too, because they need to hire someone that like they need to have like a really good website for it. Like it's not going to crash, you know, one day, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of high risk with these kinds of websites. Hence there's a lot of high value and mm-hmm. you have to price accordingly. Don't price based off of how long it took you. Cause then they're going to measure success by how many hours that took as mm-hmm. opposed to measuring success by like, look at all this revenue coming in every single month. Yeah. And like, they feel like the website was just so cheap, you know? Yeah, for so. sure. Um, so let's dive into the next story. Um, what happened? I have a client with whom my partner, Jay, who brings me her clients. So this is like kind of an affiliate relationship. She works with startups to create their pitch decks, but sometimes they don't have branding yet. So she hires me for that. The issue with the system is that I can't vet them through my own system. And at the time I was still saying yes to everything. She had warned me that this specific client, B, was not great with communication or words in general. He was a busy, busy businessman coming in late to meetings, so there were a few red flags. <laughs> we had a few back and forth of the designs, and he was never satisfied. He kept sending me clip arts as reference oh. or illustrations, icons, and logos. Oh, no. Oh. He didn't care about my recommendations, not listening to me during the calls, and at some point, he even threw out, but I could have designed that. Oh, oh my no. gosh. There's like a, such a lack of respect all 
around. I know. He finally let me know that he asked his developer to design something and that he was rolling with that. I was happy the project was over. The relationship <laughs> with my real client, Jay, was not at all impaired. She completely agreed with me all the way. But ultimately, B did whatever he wanted to do. <laughs> B sounds horrible. <laughs> I have an agreement with Jay that I can use the design I created for my own promotion on my marketing platform. So I used this project in my portfolio. Months later, B contacted me to ask me if I could take it down because my work was showing in Google Images before his. Ha ha. <laughs> he didn't want Jay to get involved. And he mentioned his lawyer three times during our phone mm. call dot 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 i pondered for a couple of days but decided to let it go because i didn't want to have to deal with this guy anymore it was not worth the struggle the time mm. and the money he has a lot if i need a case study in my portfolio i can redesign something similar with a different name oh yeah because you own it like you own that yeah. design so just change the name and there mm. you go put it back on your portfolio oh yeah what did you learn first there's the vetting process with my real client we need to put a system in place that has other brand designers who can work with different types of clients smart Second, at the time I was still an immature designer in the sense that the ego I put in my designs was too strong. I couldn't result myself into making something crappy when I knew that this is what he wanted and wouldn't let go. Mm -hmm. Third, I should have just said no when I realized that there were three red flags during the consultation call. Learning curve. This yeah. person seems to have like a good like handle on the, the, the situation for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a doozy. Yeah. <laughs> oh when, when it was like, what did you say? When she said... B had moved on with the design from the web designer. I was like, great, but that's only like half the paragraph. So what's going to happen? I, <laughs> this was a long one. Like yeah. <laughs> this one took some twists and turns. I just, yeah. He was a busy, busy businessman. Like just yeah. way too busy for a designer. I just think it's so funny. I feel like I haven't had a, a client like this. Who's like too cool for you. But like, I feel like people have had situations where like the client hires you and then they're like, they like disrespect you by like not showing up to a phone call or like yeah. not responding an email for a week and then expecting you to respond in 24 hours or something like there's. And at that point, it's not even an ego thing. Like, Oh, I've been so disrespected. It's just like yeah. respecting the process is what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. it's not about respecting you. It's like, if they're not going to respect the process and later down the line, don't be surprised that they're not going to like anything that you're offering. Yeah. So, and it's oh hard with like white labeling too. Um, yeah, I do a lot of white labeling. You're not like the person that is communicating with the client. That's yeah. Hard. Yeah. So I, yeah, learning that good job, learning that, you know, before you even take on that white label project or a partnership project or anything like that, vetting the client based off of your friend, which sounds like a really good um, judge of character. A hundred percent. And I think that like one of the reasons why the most recent contract positions that I've had have been so successful is that all of the clients coming in have been clients that resonate with my design style, very yeah. modern, feminine, colorful minimalism, like that type of thing. Um, and when I was working with this other client that I was talking about in my, you know, intro question, the projects were not like, I mean, to be fair, I didn't really have a design style at the time, but like they just didn't jive with me. And so maybe that is why some of the designs were kind of coming out looking a little funky. Like, I'm not saying that like I did perfect design, you know, but like, I think that like working with people, whether it's industry or design style or values or, you know, environmental, you know, the values or whatever it is, like make sure that there's alignment somewhere, because if there's not, then like, you're not going to enjoy it. And like, I feel like with design, maybe Giselle, you can tell me if you experience this too, like 
we love what we do so much. Design is such a source of joy in my life. And so when I am happy and enjoying what I'm doing, my work, it just sings, you know, it's just like yeah. when you're an artist and you're loving something, like, it's just like, you can feel the emotion behind it. Like, I mean, design is an art form. And so like, mm-hmm. you need to make sure that like your mindset and like your emotions are in like the right place to get started. And like, you need to have that excitement about the project and the industry or the design style. Yeah. That's what makes our job so hard is because as creatives, it really is based off of our own emotional well-being. And we can't like force ourselves to do something because I mean, we can, but it's not going to come out good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you said, exactly. Jen, like it's not going to sing. And you, when you take on a project, that's your um, intention is for mm-hmm. your, your projects to sing. So yeah, yeah, exactly. it is tough. All right. Last one. Ooh-hoo. All right. So what happened? This is pretty funny in hindsight. The client wanted a website and did not understand how to get one. When I tried to explain the concept of domain names and web hosting, she thought I was trying to trick her into a sale. (laughs) She told me her friend had quote servers unquote in their basement. And why couldn't she just do that? She brought her husband on the call to basically confirm if I was right. (laughs) All right. And then there's a, a second story, I guess. I was working on a postcard for an event. I asked a client to clarify which side she meant by front or back of the postcard. She condescendingly responded something to the effect of, oh, you must be new if you don't know that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's like an ego reaction. No, <laughs> I've literally had that problem before. Like, 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 can we just take a pause? What is the front side of a business card? Is it the side that has the logo or is it oh the my side gosh. that has the contact have, info? <laughs> I get so confused by this all the time too. <laughs> So we obviously (laughs) like, we obviously must be new if we don't know that. Oh yeah. We don't know anything. So, um, (laughs) I want to bet that the front of the card is the cover. Like where you have like not the contact logo. Yeah. Like it's usually like the glossy side or something like that has that finish. And then the back has the info on it. Yeah. That's what I would say. But if you standardize this guys, this is standard now. (laughs) Let's do a poll. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to do one on Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) So what did you learn? Oh man, this happened when I was a little more fresh to freelancing. I would say for number one, I should have realized right off the bat, that she was a red flag client and not agreed to work with her. For number two, I think she was just rude. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) But if I could change it, I would say I need and still need to work on talking confidently and speaking to clients as equals so they don't sense fear or insecurity. Jen, (laughs) like your story. I was literally just saying that. Like, I mean... This is going to be like a really bad metaphor. And I feel like I've, I've used this before, but guys, clients are like dogs. Okay. Like they need you like stay with I've, me. Stay with me. I've made that metaphor about kids. Oh, my kids are like dogs. You just have to no, discipline them. They are like, they are like, it's honestly like, it's, it's so much of, I mean, dog, like dogs are very simple. And as someone who has a dog and a kid, like there's a lot of overlap there. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Like with clients, like, they will, they will absorb your emotions, guys. Like your dog, like if you're stressed out, like if you're like sad, like your dog will be kind of like all down, like wondering what they can do to help you. You know, like if you're excited, the dog's going to be like freaking bouncing off the walls, you know, like yeah. be that person for your clients. Okay. Be that happy, positive dog owner. And then the client is going to be so happy and positive, you know, like, I mean, I know that's super, super simple. And a lot of these client situations are much, much more complicated than that. So not trying to like, you know, make light of any of like the bad things that have happened to people, but like it, it you really kind of, if you have that mindset, 
you know, like then like they, they, they can sense it. Like they can sniff it out. They can tell if you're afraid. I mean, I always go back to like, think about if you're hiring, say a photographer for your brand, like you're going to do brand photo shoot. This is the first big investment you've made for your brand. Like you're going to pay like $500 or something. And if your photographer shows up and they're like, Oh, I don't really know. Like my camera settings are kind of weird today. Like, I don't know. Like, is this light good? What do you think? You're like, I don't know anything (laughs) about light. Like what the heck I'm paying you $500. Like, but if the photographer comes in, they're like, all right, we're going to have you stand here. You're going to do this. Oh, this light looks amazing. Take a picture. Oh, it looks so good. I'm so excited to show you, you know, like that's such such a different experience. Yeah. And at the end of that project, you're going to be like, yeah, sorry to overlap with you, but no, at the end of that project, you're like, if they made you feel very insecure, you're going to look at the photos and be like, this isn't good enough because of those feelings carried over from the process. Mm -hmm. Or if the opposite were to happen where that photographer was like super confident and made you like really excited, Mm -hmm. you're going to look at these photos and be like, I totally underpaid her. She deserved way more than this. Like she did an amazing job. And they could be the same photos guys. (laughs) Like the same thing. The same is so true with branding. So true. Yeah. So, Oh my gosh. These stories are all so good. I like literally like, I'm so, first of all, thank you to everyone who submitted stories. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, we really appreciate it. And like, this has been an episode we've been so excited to record, um, not just to like be negative and stuff, but like to learn from other people. That's what our podcast is about. It's what our community is about, is what, what Giselle was saying. Um, so yeah, let's wrap up this episode with our inbox question. Elon Dre asks, what is your philosophy as a designer? This is very open-ended. This is a very open-ended question. So I feel like we can kind of interpret it in whatever way we want. And I'll just go ahead and jump in and answer. Yeah, go for it. I, I actually share this with my clients on discovery calls and I feel like it helps them feel very safe and just understand like the value that I provide. My philosophy as a designer personally for my business is that I want to provide a full service experience for the client where they feel so comfortable and confident handing over everything to me. And I create a full service experience for them to where they can just like hop into their website and it's beautiful and like it runs great and it's got great SEO. Like rather than like, oh, I provide branding. I provide a logo design. I provide email. It's like, we are providing it. Like, that's why I say in my like little, like little tagline or whatever on my Instagram and in my email, um, like signature, I say like brand design and digital experiences, because like, I'm not creating just a website. Like I'm creating experience for the customer. So I guess my philosophy is full service. You can feel confident hiring us. We are experts in what we do. Um, yeah, that just basically like did a little example sales call for you guys. But that, that's my philosophy as a designer that I want. I want to take everything off their plate and I want to provide an amazing experience for them. Yeah, that's amazing value that you give. Yeah. I love that you say the word digital experiences. I did remember yeah. seeing that on your Instagram and I'm like, ooh, that is nice. <laughs> yeah, because like, what if I want to do app design one day? That's not web design, right. but that's a digital experience, you know? Yeah, so. I think I might have to adopt that. Do it. <laughs> do it, do it. So yeah, I... I love that. And that's part of like what we were talking about earlier. It's like, you have to instill that trust for your clients and um, that's what they're paying for as well, which is, you know, Jen, with your story, it's like, they were really quick to like knock off your pricing. Cause if you would have come in with all of this, like I'm an, I'm here to like help you and I have all this value to give and you're going to be so happy working with me. They would have 
probably paid more like who knows really but mm-hmm. that's yeah, probably yeah and like um respected you more and like your decisions as a designer and that's what I've seen happen in my own experience from being like when I first started working for agencies and always like looking up to my creative director being like I suck help me you know and and now <laughs> right. I'm like the creative director and yeah me too yeah so it's like you know we learned so much that we wish we could tell ourselves like wait years ago I know about now we're here to put it on a podcast to live for years to come (laughs) I know I always I always wonder like I still feel like I'm at such the beginning of my journey you know even though I've been able to accomplish amazing things in the past two years I think like what is it going to be like when I go back and listen to even an episode like this where I'm talking, I mean, cause I go back and listen to season one and like my pricing has changed so much. Yeah. My confidence has changed so much. You know, you guys can go back. If you haven't gone back and listened to the very beginning, like if not for the amazing value that we provide in there, but just to like <laughs> hear about like how much like one person can change in the course of only a year. Like, I mean, we started recording, has a little it only over been a year? <laughs> it's been like a year. I don't, dude, I don't, I don't know. It's not. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I answered that question uh, some time ago and Jen, you were like, um, that was wrong. <laughs> yeah, you were like 2018. I was like, no, 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It is, it is really crazy. It's so hard to see in the moment when you're like, when you're down or you got like yesterday, I got totally rejected from a lead I was really excited about just yesterday, you know? And like, but also yesterday I signed a client that I was really excited about. And so I told my husband that I was like, yeah, I was still kind of bummed because this client, this lead just like totally rejected me because I was too expensive. But then I signed this other great client that I'm super <laughs> excited about. He's like, wow, it sounds like there's a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess there is. Yep. Like, That's a know. 50% conversion. That's and great. That is uh, for, for Wednesday, December 9th. 50%. Yeah. I love it. Um, <laughs> Oh my so gosh. My philosophy, um, and I like to say this too with, in my sales call, I really want our clients to feel taken care of. Like they're, and this is coming from like, I've mapped out where my ideal client is at in their, in their journey and where they meet me in that journey. So where my client is at in their journey is they've tried either doing everything themselves, their business is growing, they can't keep up. They finally need to like let go of some of the reins, um, especially because they like to be more involved with like the design part of it and they care a lot about it. Um, and they're not quite there with like bringing on like a full team for their own business. So they, they're usually like the marketing director or something like that. And they come to us to like, for them to like, not even think about design anymore and like come to someone that they can trust and has like understands their brand and all of this. So, um, that's something that I want them to feel coming to us. And also that it's like full transparency. Like if we don't agree with something, we're going to push back. Um, we're coming from a place where we really like our niche designers and everyone in our team is a designer, including our developers. So like it's hundred percent, like we are that branch of their design team and required reading did such an amazing job with our copywriting. She coined um, the term, your trailblazing design partner for Wander Designs. Um, I love that. One of our taglines. I love your copy so much. Yeah. And so like trailblazing design partner, it's like we're helping these clients like scale and um, we're partnering with them. They're not, we're not just like some one-time thing. Like we are mm-hmm. here to like be there for the long run in their journey. Mm-hmm. So that's where that's at. And then 
um, we have like six values that I really like make sure that we stick with. And it's forging new paths, um, blazing trails together, traveling light, the traveling light part is like, you can read all of this in the wanteddesign.co forward slash about, by the way, and like learn a little bit more about it. If you want the traveling light one, it's like, I told, um, Diana, like this is like essentialism, like that's a big thing for me. And I talked about it in um, one of our previous episodes. I need basically... to read that book. That's like yeah. that's on my audible list. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. Essentialism by Greg McGowan um, talks about like, what is a least amount of effort with the most amount of impact that like, those are the things that you want to strive for. And as designers, that's what we do. Like we edit things down so much to the point that it's like, what is like the simplest form of design that's going to give you the most value. Yes. And that's like the philosophy overall of Wanted Design Co. So that's what um, she coined as traveling light. And it's just amazing. Like she's such a genius. She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Requi- required reading. I think it's, is it requiredreading.co or is it recreating.co? I think it's .co as well. So we'll, we'll link it down okay. below on the yeah. episode notes. We'll link I it. always say link it down below as if we're a YouTube channel. I know. <laughs> down below. Like, what are you guys looking at? Yeah. Yeah. Link it in the show yeah, notes. Everyone's going to look down like what? I know. I think I'm an influencer. I'm like, yeah, you can go and get this outfit at the link down below. <laughs> guys, like I, I wish I was an influencer. I like watched way too many like family vloggers. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're a link in bio people. We don't have the swipe up yet. <laughs> <laughs> there's a link in my bio link in bio, link in bio. <laughs> so funny oh so, my gosh um, the last three is just like wayfinding going the extra mile and looking to our north star and our north star is basically like our brand strategy we always want to refer back to that so that's overall generally like what oh, this makes is. me want to like go and do something like that for my own website like, I don't <laughs> yeah i love it so much listed out like i'm so bad i like need to go back and like really refresh my own brand strategy and i mean like of course all i want to do is the visual but I'm like literally the worst at taking my own advice. So don't do what I do guys. Make sure you do your brand strategy. Like, um, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to redo my brand strategy too, because, um, this is kind of exciting for me to share for the first time. I, um, it's not a big deal, but I don't know why I'm like super excited about it. (laughs) You have like a huge announcement, like just make it a big deal. Every single Instagram post I make is a huge announcement. So like, go for it. (laughs) Yeah. I remember when you first said that I love it so much. Okay. So, uh, I think it was last year I bought, uh, the core framework from the future. And by the way, we've have gotten a lot of requests to do a brand strategy episode, Mm -hmm. which we'll probably do next season. I think it's high on the list for that. So I took that course to learn more about brand strategy and my intent with that was to put that as a service, but there was sort of like a gap. I felt like, I think personally, like in my personal opinion, a lot of people have taken that course and like felt gung-ho about selling brand strategy. But for me, it was still like, I wasn't, I couldn't quite figure out like uh, a lot of the elements to sell it as a standalone service. And so I, instead what I did is I just like adapted what I learned into my current branding. So like all of my branding always starts with strategy, but the strategy phase is like, it's not like a full robust, like we're doing a workshop strategy. It's just like, like a phone call kind of thing. And um, then recently Quill and Co uh, had come to my feed or I don't know how I found her, but she has a brand strategy um, course that caught my attention and I think part of it that caught my attention was the 
that she like quoted a lot of books that I read about brand strategy. She works with archetypes, which is something that the core framework like doesn't really talk much about. Um, and all of these things. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. Like I would love to take this, but I already like invested in that other course and haven't really like gotten my investment back. because I haven't sold anything. And anyway, like she had a black Friday sale and I finally decided to jump on it and took it. And I like, haven't finished the course. Like I've only gone through like a few of them at the, uh, the videos, but already I am so amazed by not only like the content that's in there, but her organization. She's like, just a neat freak as I am about it. And I am so excited to get further into it. And I'm definitely like at the point right now where I want you guys to check it out. If you are looking for something like this and it's what I like more about it too, is that she's coming from a place more similar to our position, like as brand designer, like web designers, that kind of service, like smaller scale businesses. And um, yeah, overall, like really awesome works a lot with archetypes and like has even further reading to talk about other to learn more about things and like books that I love and like new books that I haven't seen before that I'm excited to dive into all sorts of things. But that's my entire spiel on that. <laughs> I wish that I could like press pause on time. And then I would Ugh. literally use that time not to sleep, not to work out, but I would use that time to take courses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I catch myself watching YouTube videos sometimes at night and I'm like, Oh, this is a good time for me to get on my course. And I like go on the course and just like get so energized. That's so good. That's what I'm like, <laughs> instead of I'm Netflix trying to do, cause I spend inordinate amounts of time on YouTube and Instagram. It's like, what if I just use this time? I'm always like, I don't have time, but then I'm like <laughs> spending all this time on Instagram because I'm holding my baby or like whatever, you know, yeah. um, I, I can use that. It's okay to go on Instagram though. It's okay. It's okay to like have some mm-hmm. time away from design, but yeah, I definitely want to like, I mean, everything's digital now. Also, I just got the new iPhone guys. And like, I was, I was with the, Ooh. I had the iPhone six, which is like so old. Oh my gosh. I the, have the iPhone seven still <laughs> system storage. Like all the software update was taking up like 90% of the storage. So like, <laughs> I have pictures before I'd be like, your phone is full. And so now that I have the new iPhone, it's like the screen's so nice and big. I'm like, I could do teachable on here. I could do it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm excited for your new phone. <laughs> well, that's great. Thanks for sharing with us about that. I think brand strategies something that like, I kind of, you know, obviously I'm focused on the design part, but like that, you mm-hmm. know, brand strategy is something you still need to educate yourself on. Like, I feel like a lot yeah. of the time we kind of, at least I feel like I'm kind of just like pulling things out of my butt, you know, like with the <laughs> strategy, I'm like, this sounds like it would be a good tagline. You know? Well, <laughs> no, yeah, that, that is part of it though. It's like, that's a huge part of it. I think with the brand strategy workshops itself, it's like, it's just so much work, like yeah. not just like the workshop, but then also mm-hmm. afterwards, like the, what you give them in return, it's like this multiple page document of just strategy and it's nuts so if for anybody that's inquired about a brand strategy episode in the meantime go ahead and check that out i really recommend it awesome and like what is it it's quillandco.com or like what's Um, i'll find the link because i'm pretty sure it's like a separate thing from her a separate sales page okay yeah we'll put that we'll put that in the in the in the show notes what in the show notes we need to start link down below uh, <laughs> link in bio love it <laughs> amazing well thank you guys so much for listening to us um chat about these difficult clients i hope you learned something share this episode with your designer friends so that they don't make these mistakes go ahead and you can take a look at all the links that we were talking about in the show notes of this episode there's some really really great stuff in there so super excited to uh, catch you guys in the next episode and thanks for hanging out with us today bye bye guys We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. 
If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer podcast on Facebook. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources.